In this second season of Gen to Gen, we're diving into love. It's challenges, it's amazing moments, and it's serendipity. The stories that we're going to bring you in this season are going to span ages, they're going to span demographics, they're going to span who had kids and who doesn't have kids and who just has dogs and how long they've been married and the challenges and the joys on both those sides of the equation. Our story today is from this really interesting couple, JP and Nora, who came together in an incredible story of serendipity. I'm going to let them tell it, but but I just want to say that, that they went through ups and downs and one person, one person in their dorm room at Harvard made their match possible. I hope you enjoy this story. So I'm, I'm JP and Nora is my wife. Um, we are now in our late 40s. Um, but we happened to go to school together uh, in Japan at an American school in Japan. Uh, both of our dads were stationed over there, I guess, with their companies. Station makes it sound military, but yeah, it, it wasn't. They were, it was, they were expats. Yeah. Okay. Expats. <laughs> um, and so eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, we were at the same school. Um, and in the same grade. Yeah. In the same grade. Um and I'll be honest, I didn't, I knew of Nora, um, but I didn't, I wasn't very social. Um, I'm still not very social, but I wasn't very social in high school. Um, I played basketball. I hung out with guys who played basketball um, on my team. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my, my all of my recollection of Nora was um, she was this girl who had big hoop earrings. And that's, that's really... <laughs> what my what my remembering was which is really funny because i had many large earrings not just hoops but i did wear large earrings yeah yeah so my memories are similar um like i knew his name we were in the same grade our class was like i don't know maybe 100 120 people so not huge right so you pretty much knew the other people who were floating around um but I, i don't I literally don't remember a single interaction between the two of us. No. I remember lots of stuff with other guys who played basketball who he hung out with, but not with him. Yeah. I mean, we had different, in, in general, different social circles. Um, although we overlapped a little bit with Nora was involved with cheering on the teams and whatnot. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't, I don't recall being in a class with her. Um, you know, sitting in the cafeteria by her, um, even like a friend of mine saying, hey, you know, we're going to hang out with Nora or, you know, nothing. Uh, um, and it was just one of those things. I, I don't know. We, you know, we just didn't know each other. I, I take most of the blame for that because I was so socially awkward. <laughs> um, and then, you know, fast forward 20 years or so and Facebook came along. And, you know, in the early days of Facebook, we were all kind of gobbling up friends, right? Like you friend one person and then it's like, hey, you may know so-and-so and so-and-so. And And Nora 
I, I think I friended her. She may have friended me. Um, no idea. Don't know. But I mean, I very easily could see myself just clicking on add friend because um, I knew the name and Facebook was new and exciting. And our friendship sat dormant for many years. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what really triggered things, right? Like people have asked me and I, I, I've said, you know, we had been friends on Facebook with no memorable interaction, no yeah, nothing really. No. And at some point, um, I started noticing his posts. She and, started stalking me. That's no, I really, I really didn't. Um, I started noticing them and a number of them were funny and a number of them were about fitness. And so I commented on a number of them and he may have commented on some of mine. Yeah. Um, I, there was one particular post and I was bemoaning having to go out and run, uh, for some reason, either I was, wasn't feeling well or it was cold. Um, we both lived in northern climates, nor in Minnesota, myself in Michigan. Um, and she commented on the posts, something pretty much, you know, get your butt out there. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and then later on, I don't know if it was that day, later in the week, I sent her an actual Facebook message and just said, hey, thanks for being my exercise conscience. My online fitness conscience. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Um and we just started kind of messaging back and forth and, um, you know, some initial like, hey, who are you kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't very long until we were messaging back and forth, you know, to the wee hours of the night. Um, yeah, I think from that first night of messaging, there wasn't a day that we skipped. Probably not. Like, we didn't message all that much that first night, but it it picked up quickly. Like two months after that, we made the decision to kind of meet up in, uh, where did we meet? Milwaukee? Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because it was semi-equidistant. It was actually a little further for you. Yeah. You being you. Yeah. To make a thing out of that. Yep. And Nora showed up late. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yes. um, and we just kind of hit it off. It was, I don't know, it was like a four-day weekend, maybe? maybe well, three it was days. in the middle of the week. Was it? Yeah, I took time off work because you worked retail, and I knew that getting weekends off is yeah, okay, a pain to do in yeah. retail because I've worked retail too. So, yeah, we met in the middle of the week, which also meant you know things weren't as busy or expensive. A lot right. Of yeah, um, and it was just just a fantastic time, and you know, based you know, considering my social awkwardness uh, that we talked about in high school, which has followed me well into adulthood. <laughs> Um, it was remarkable to me how comfortable it was speaking with Nora and hanging out with Nora and sharing ideas and making decisions on where are we going to go next or what are we going to do next. And it was it was really remarkable to me that I, I felt so comfortable uh, around her. Our life stories, our romantic life stories were somewhat comparable. Um, we both had been had been married. I technically legally was still married at the time um nora was divorced um but i think i think i was cohabitating yeah again you were yeah so my... her ex-husband was was living at the house with her for financial reasons yeah um and i was still living with my wife we were we were married but not living as a couple in any way shape or form uh we both had 
two kids of our own. I had two older stepdaughters as well. Um, and we just kind of, kind of understood a little bit about each other because of that situation of, you know, living with our exes essentially. Um, and having, having kids about the same age, um, it was just, we had a lot in common that way. And I think that kind of opened up the, the areas of conversation for us. Mm-hmm. The serendipity of JP and Nora having known each other as teenagers, being reconnected 20 years later via Facebook, and kind of just being connected on Facebook and not really re-engaging until just one moment triggered them to start talking. And then they have this in-person date, which lasts four days is so beautiful and empowering and exciting. And as they told their story, I was roped in because as someone who came of age during the Facebook period, as, as it blew up and became this thing, it's, I can connect with that moment. Those, those little moments of, Oh, I want to add you as a friend. And then I see your content and it's, Oh, maybe I want to talk to you. And and we talk all through the night via Facebook. And there's just this magic in their story and how they connected. And the fact that they, at at the point that that was happening, um, were already in their late thirties with kids. Um, Nora was divorced by then is adds this level of complexity to their story, but one which they, fully embraced and understood that it was going to be complex. And we will continue with our story right when we get back. One of the things that struck me about JP and Nora's story was just how willing and open they were to just kind of take the relationship and their merging of lives as it came. And it kind of went okay for them. We sort of tossed out the idea of what if we went with as the a, kids. Yeah, like, as, a, as a group of six or two kids, my two biological kids. Yeah in us um and it again it was for me it was just like like it was it was great i mean it, it could have been a messy situation right getting together four kids um all preteen at that point yeah yeah i don't know what grade they were in yeah. but so 12, our, our two younger ones are six days apart yep. and the other two are in the same grade but like nine months apart one's a fall and one's a summer yeah something so anyway, so very similar but, ages. Yep. Yep. But the trip was just as wonderful as, you know, the trip to Milwaukee and the camping trip and, you know, the trip out to see her in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it just seemed like it, it seemed like it was too good to be true, really. Right. I mean, well, it just seemed super natural and I don't mean supernatural, like, <laughs> right, right. But it just seemed very, very natural, very comfortable. So that fall, they took a trip to the East Coast, JP and Nora, and decided that they were going to eventually get married, that it, it was everything was just right. They had checked all the boxes. The families were cool. The kids were cool. 
and it was just time. Well, that winter, JP fell into uh, a depression, a deep depression, he called it, during, during the conversation. And he basically disappeared and tried to take his own life. Luckily for, for JP and Nora and their families, uh, he was not successful, but it, it forced some, some tough conversations, some tough moments, but in the end, in listening to their story, really brought them together to embrace each and every moment that they have together, both with each other, their families, and their kids. And so I'm going to let Nora tell a little bit of that story between her and JP. And I think she and my mom, I feel like my mom knew something about what's going on, both kind of went, are you sure? Like, do you really want to, maybe you should give him time to figure his stuff out and then figure out if this is going to be a thing or whatever. And I was like, absolutely not. I have to be there. I have to, you know, see him and wrap my arms around him and know that he's okay. Um, and so I went, I drove to Michigan. I told my boss what was going on, um, and got approval to work remotely from there as best I could, knowing that it wasn't going to be, you know, mm-hmm. at a hundred percent power. Um, and I drove pretty much all day and got to, he had actually switched hospitals while I was driving from a regular hospital to a, a mental health facility mm-hmm. in particular. And I got there like five or 10 minutes left in visiting hours and just was like, please, please, please let me see him. And they actually were great about it and granted us some extra time, even though it was outside of visiting hours, given the circumstances. Um, and so then I was there for whatever number of days, something like three days while I, you were in. I don't, I have really zero memory okay. of, well, of that. I've told you before, I don't remember. I know. Even seeing you there. Um, <laughs> but I have proof. Yeah, I, I believe you. Um, anyway, so his parents came out and I spent a little bit of time with them, had lunch with them. We recovered his car from where he had left it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had to figure out what to do. And they did. Together they figured out what would make their worlds better and and work better together. And with all that figured out, it was time to tie the knot. And got in front of a judge. And we did it on the 31st of the month because I had to have the life event before the first of the month in order for him to have coverage on the first. Right. <laughs> so, like I said, green card marriage. <laughs> um, and... Um, we didn't really, we didn't announce that we had a couple of Nora's friends and coworkers who were our witnesses for the ceremony. Um, but we really didn't tell anybody but our exes. I think you might've told your sister. I think I told my sister. Um, but I, and I don't know that we have a really good reason why. Is it because we wanted to have the, the bigger everybody involved ceremony? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was because we didn't want our families to feel like we just left them out of it. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that was August, the end of August, beginning of September. 
and then uh, we started in 2015. So then we started making plans for our quote-unquote real marriage and wedding, um, which um, we planned out. And again, with Nora's dad having a home out in Cape Cod, we thought, well, wouldn't that be just the best place to kind of get married and tied into a vacation with with our kids and you know if we can get our folks and whoever else might be willing to come out um and nora has this funny thing in her family about dates Mm -hmm. and is it mostly just wedding anniversaries yep and it's my mom's side that drives it yeah so um we looking looking on the calendar we found the date 8816 was uh available and something we could work with and also thankfully very easy for me to remember <laughs> nicely uh, mathematical in yep. addition to everything else yep uh, and so we had the ceremony we had the um reception at Nora's dad's house and um toasting here and there and and i i think it was me who kind of told a quick little story about our our actual marriage, um, our legal marriage, our legal marriage, um, and all that. And just, just like every other, mostly every other step in our relationship, it was just embraced and everybody was so thrilled. And, you know, my family, my parents were just, you know, gushing over Nora that she would do that for me. Um, and you know, just another page and our, almost too good to be true kind of relationship. I mean, we still marvel through 2015, even 2016, we would marvel like, Hey, it's only been eight months since we started talking and here, look at where we are now. And then, Oh, you know, it's only been a year and Oh my gosh, how, how can it, it seems like so much longer. And, but not in the like arduous way in the right, comfort way. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know i have i have never looked back i've never regretted questioned or rethought anything uh when it comes to my relationship with nora and you know i'm just i consider myself very lucky that facebook brought us together mm-hmm. well and you didn't say this before but you actually sent a note to mark zuckerberg and invited him yeah, to the wedding i tried to get mark to come out and he he ignored me yeah And with all the trials and tribulations of life and work and marriage and love and to-do lists and grocery shopping, I asked asked JP and Nora what they do to stay connected. It is so important in our our go-go lives, especially with Facebook, which brought them together, to remain connected in whatever way works for for you as a couple. And, And I loved their answer. We try to connect every day, Um, and, you know, there's times when we don't, Nora gets home from work and she's just exhausted, and all she wants to do is kind of play games on her phone and watch some TV, and, um, but, you know, we keep coming back to, hey, let's spend some time on the couch, and maybe we're talking, maybe we're watching something and talking. Um, Nora is very good at... um, trying to get me to recap my day to be connected that way like you know how was your day you know and ask ask questions and 
I'm still socially awkward, and so I <clears throat> enough to ask how was your day, but I'm not so good with the follow up questions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's we just have a lot of respect for each other, and you know, we we haven't had like the kind of throw down, blow out kind of arguments. Um, nope. We see we see a lot of things on the same page, but. I think the things that we don't, we disagree on, kind of respect for each kind of tempers that. And, you know, we try to see the other person's side. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Nora's bit her tongue more times than she wants because no. because of something I've said or I've done. But, you know, we don't, we always try to discuss things out if we see things differently. Um, well, and I think we both commented about how you know, we, we each have a basis of comparison, right? We were each married before, and I think mm -hmm. we've commented about how different this relationship is for each of us than than our prior marriages. Um, and not that they were terrible, right? I don't, I'm not trying to miss no, on either right. of our exes and, and their stuff, but there's just something so... I don't know, that works so well in our relationship that, mm -hmm. that it it almost feels effortless. Um, and I know that wasn't true. I don't think it was true for either of us the first time. Around. No, not at all. And if all of that wasn't enough, towards the end of their story, they, they threw me a wrench in where they live now and how they got to where they are now. They really are the real world modern family and if you've made it this far in this episode strap in because this part's going to blow you away a year and a half well i guess probably two years ago now jp's ex got um an opportunity for a big promotion mm -hmm. at her job that involved moving cross country so she had been in michigan and the job was in north carolina and um, my ex is originally from New Orleans and had been not happy in Minnesota for as long as we'd lived in Minnesota and had declared already that he intended to move. He felt the kids were old enough to handle the news and he was going to move to Florida and he would figure out how to see them on school breaks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so with JP's news about what his ex was doing, um, I said, well, maybe it makes sense to move in part because I knew he'd been doing that long drive to Michigan and I felt like that one was pushing it and it was going to be way longer for him to drive to see them in North Carolina and I knew he wouldn't want to spend the money to fly. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have the another weird, weird story because we, all of us moved to North Carolina. So... <laughs> The two of us moved with my kids in tow. His ex had already moved with his kids in tow. And then my ex followed us here. And so we don't all live in the same town, but we all live in the state of North Carolina. We're yep. only a few hours apart. And um, that enables all the kids and all the parents to be close together. And that was a priority for us. Yeah. And I think seeing similarly on stuff like that is part of why we work. Yeah. Why it seems effortless. Nora and I are both people who don't have giant egos. 
Um, and I think if one of us did, or obviously if both of us did, that there would be a lot more conflict. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody should be egoless, but if I, in my opinion, if you're going to have a productive, loving, caring relationship with someone else, you kind of have to check your ego at the door and um, understand that, you know, we, we always assume, we presume that we're going to bring our best to a relationship. But I think it's beneficial to also assume that your partner is bringing their best to the relationship and they may not have all the answers. Um, so mistakes might be made along the way, but you can, I think it's good to assume that, you know, I assume Nora is, you know, has everybody's best interest at heart, has my best interest at heart when she's, you know, talking about something or bringing up a new idea or trying to add something into our family. Um, and, and I do just that. I mean, I, you know, I, I pretty much would, would, I could be talked into anything that Nora thought was a good idea. Um, you know, I may not agree right off the bat, but you know, I'm open enough and I, and I respect her enough. Um, and I, I understand that I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Um, so you are. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would say is kind of, kind of check your ego at the door and, and try to accept the other person as trying to do their best. Cause I think everybody is yeah. trying to do their best. They just maybe don't know how to go about it. And I think I would say two things. One is sort of really be open to the unexpected in terms of where you're going to meet the person mm -hmm. because there was, there was no design here, right? There was nobody like trolling Facebook, trying to find the next love of their life. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of happened. And I think a lot of the love stories that I know fall into that category. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that really strikes me is, and maybe I'm saying this particularly to insecure young women, um, but I think part of why we work is that we, I feel like our relationship is really one of equals. Mm -hmm. One of us, I mean, to the ego point, one of us is not in charge and the other is subservient. I think we both are equally in love with each other. And, um, I've been in relationships before where it didn't feel that way. And I think it makes a huge difference. And I would advise people to, to hold out for that, right? Yeah. Well, we've reached the end of this episode of Gen to Gen. And I want to leave you with a quote. I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I've ended up where I needed to be. And that's from Douglas Adams. A special thank you to JP and Nora for sharing their story with us. I hope you enjoyed it. This episode was mixed and produced by Sprout Media, and they can be found at GoSproutMedia.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at GoSproutMedia. The music is from Music for Makers, and this podcast can be found on Instagram at gen to gen Podcast. That's G-E-N, the number two, G-E-N, Podcast. Until next time, spread the love.